Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the podcast or the channel wherever you are listening to this content today. Today, I really wanted to focus on getting back on track because I feel like there are those people that get really back on track in January with their lives. They kind of do this whole like reboot. And I think that's very common with the new year. But number one, I feel like there was some extra... I don't know, put into like daylight savings time last year if you're somewhere, if you live somewhere where they do that. And I feel like the winter has been extra hard this year, not necessarily like weather-wise for every single person, but I just feel like the slowness has been real. And it really got me kind of reflecting and thinking about how January was this month this year where I felt like it was just so slow. I felt like I couldn't get ahead of things. I felt like I couldn't keep myself on a two-day upload schedule. Uh, My podcast, I even skipped an episode this month because I wasn't prepared for it last month because I do them so in advance. And it really just got me thinking, you know, we're not meant to bloom all the time. We're not. We are cyclical just the way that nature is. You know, we have our own personalized summer, spring, winter, fall, or autumn time. And I feel like it's really important to embrace the winter months of our lives, whether that is literal, maybe we all feel the need to slow down in winter, uh, or it is just figurative and you're in a winter phase in your life and you're wanting to kind of move into that spring zone where you start planting planting seeds for new things. So that's really what I want to focus on today. Now, as somebody that is studying for a degree in psychology, I want you to know that if you're someone that's not ready to bloom again, you're someone that's not ready to start planting seeds, and maybe you need to continue to feel the winter months of your life or weeks or days or whatever that looks like for you, this might not be the episode for you. This might be an episode where you're just not really ready to start getting back into the motivation or the flow of life. And I want you to know that that's okay. It's okay to embrace exactly where you are. Are right now. I never want to make my content with the intention that I think everybody needs to get on this track and everybody needs to see life the way that I do. You know, I honestly make these episodes frequently for myself and what I'm going through and what I'm experiencing because I know that there are some souls out there that really feel that way too. And even if you come across this video months later, that's okay too. You were meant to find it when you did. But I just want you to know that if you don't feel like you're ready to move into that spring zone, really embrace your winter zone as well. And whatever capacity and whatever that means for you to slow down, don't feel shame in that. And we'll talk a little bit about that towards the end of the episode. But basically, if I was feeling really unmotivated today, right now, and I felt ready to start remotivating myself, moving and planning for new things, this is what I would do right Right away. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Very first thing I would do is brain dump, but I would do it 
twice. I don't think I've ever heard anybody talk about it this way. I've heard the concept of brain dumping and I'll explain, but I've never heard anybody say do it twice. And I'm someone that's, I'm a 10th house in Virgo. So even like in my online persona, I definitely can present myself as a perfectionist sometimes, which I feel like is a little bit rough. You know, that's like the outside persona that I wear and in career and all that jazz. It's also like my internet personality, even though obviously I'm as authentic as I can possibly be. I feel like sometimes people look at the things that I do and create and think, oh my gosh, you do such amazing things. Everything you create is so beautiful, but they don't see the winter part of my life where I'm run down, where I have to start planning to bloom again and come out of that. And I feel like that's a big part of the journey that needs to be shared more online. It's very authentic, right? So When I say brain dump twice, a brain dump to me is where you just get everything that's going on in here down on paper. So I would start first in a journal. I would sit down with my journal, give myself as much time, as many pages. If it makes you feel better to limit, you can say like, I'm going to give myself three pages. But personally for me, I think giving yourself unlimited amount of pages is best. And you just write down anything. It doesn't have any free form to it. It doesn't have any, this is how my day is. This is the setting. This is what's going on. There's no like record keeping necessarily, which I know for journaling, a lot of the time, that's what it's about is record keeping. But there's no like record keeping. You're just writing down what is going on up here. And a lot of the times you'll kind of see things come out in that of where you're feeling frustrated, where you're feeling worried, what you're worried about. And having that physical representation, I know it might seem like such a small thing to do. It can really help you understand your subconscious and what's going on better. So I always say do that first, you know, get it all out on paper, look at it, sit with it. And then when you feel ready for the second round, This is where you're going to get out a sheet of paper. Maybe you want to go digital. Um, I myself, I don't have it with me, but I also use an iPad and an Apple pencil to make my to manifest list. And I actually get this from the manifestation, babe. She's somebody that when I first got into manifesting law of attraction, a big part of my own spiritual journey, manifestation, babe was somebody that I looked at their content a lot. Uh, I'll link their Instagram down below because I feel like that's where a lot of their content is. Their podcast is also amazing. Um, But they actually taught me this neat little trick. And instead of writing a to-do list for yourself, write yourself a to-manifest list. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I want to manifest a Tesla or a million-dollar home or, you know, it's not that kind of thing. It's like a to-do list, like things that you're going to do to kind of get yourself to where you want to go, but you're writing it in the context of manifest. So let's say you have a mountain of dirty laundry that you want to put on this to manifest list, you're going to write down clean clothes. Instead of do the laundry, you're going to write clean clothes. You're manifesting clean clothes. And basically the ideology behind this is because you're kind of writing it in more of a present tense sense with that layer of manifestation on top, you will be so surprised. And this has worked for me as well as the person I got it from how much easier it is to get those tasks done, whether you magically have the energy to do them yourself or 
other people step in and like help you. Like there have been multiple, multiple, multiple times that I've put like clean dishes on my list. And I am somebody that I honestly am like a part-time, I would say, content creator, part-time housewife, well, full-time housewife, uh, part-time content creator. That's kind of the lifestyle that I really prefer. And um, I do tend to do a lot of the housework, even though it's not an expectation of me. It's something I actually like to do. So I put that on myself. Um, I don't know why it, like, I feel like I need to make that so clear, but I feel like for me, it's not that there's like this expectation of I'm a housewife, so I have to do all the chores. It's that I have so much Virgo in my chart. I like it done the way I like it. So I put it upon myself to do it. (laughs) Um, But there have been multiple times that I'll put clean dishes down. And then my husband, without me even saying anything, prompting anything, will do it. Same with like vacuuming the floors, mopping the floors, doing laundry. He'll like put a load in without even like, you see what I'm saying? Like sometimes the tasks will just get done without me having to say or do anything. And that's help for me. You know, it also isn't bad to ask for help if you need it. But for me, I usually only put things on this list that are going to get me to where I want to go. And I put them in there with the guise of I'm manifesting this. And like I said, I don't know why it works or how it works. But magically, the things on that list get done. Uh, So a two manifest list is that second brain dump. It's the things that you feel like you need to manifest in your life that are going to make transitioning back into planting new seeds better for you. So that's going to be maybe cleaning the environment, um, getting a new planner. I have my planner here. I'll link this down below for you. If you're watching the video, you can see it. Um, I also have a bullet journal. I have like three planning systems because I am self employed that someday I will show you how I do it all, but that day is not today. Um, but I would highly encourage, you know, getting things that are going to help you organize that and putting that on your list kind of in this same category. I also want to point out to you that psychologically, I don't know what it's called, unfortunately. And I learned about this a really long time ago, but there are actually different points for each person on where they give up, if that makes sense. So some people, my cats are being crazy, I'm sorry. Some people uh, will like have a really hard time even getting started, right? So once they get started, they're like, oh yeah, I got it. I can take it all the way to 100% to getting it done, whatever that thing is or things are on your list. Some people get 30% of the way done and give up. Some people get 90% of the way done and give up. Everybody has that breaking points. And it's really important that you are able to identify where that breaking point is and allow yourself like basically kind of make it to where you either like maybe when you feel like you're 70% done and that's like your breaking point. 70% is where you often will give up and walk away and not finish whatever the task is at hand or tasks. That's at the point where you need to create kind of a safeguard. Give yourself something that helps you to keep propelling forward. If it's not getting started, create a reward system that if you get started on something, this is the reward you get to have, whatever that is. For myself, I set the bar extremely low and it works for me, but I will see like videos in my YouTube feed and I'm like, nope, you can't watch those until you get this task done. And that's kind of my 
my incentive for, for like getting started. I have a hard time getting started. I procrastinate a lot. Uh, but that once I'm started, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can take it all the way to 110%, no problem. Uh, but if you're somebody that struggles with that later on, you know, uh, you may want to set when you feel like you're getting close to that, like 70%, set a 10 minute timer and take a break and start again, you know, treat it like a stop and a start. Does that make sense? I hope so. Moving into the second part of this, when you are trying to get your stuff back on track, this is just my personal accounts. I believe when my space is cluttered, my head is cluttered. I cannot work in a messy space. I can't, I cannot do it. And rest, uh, bless. I don't even know. I can't even get words out correctly freaking Mercury retrograde, but basically like bless my husband's heart because I don't know how he works with my craziness sometimes, but I am that person that I want everything spick and span before I get started on a project. And I've kind of had to limit that over the years to like, okay, only the room that I'm working in needs to be spotless. And like, I need to set down everything else and stop like running around this house, like a tornado trying to make it perfect when two people and three cats live here, you know? So, um, but like making sure that my space that I'm going to work in is clean. So if you work a lot in your bedroom, you want to make sure that you wash your clothes, you wash your sheets, you wash your towels, you vacuum the floors, you dust the window seals, you remove things that don't even make you happy. You know, if you have like old photos up in your room that make you unhappy or make you think of times where you weren't feeling so good about life, remove them. And this... I need to say this because this was impactful for me on my own journey to self-love, especially if you have photos, those of you that struggle with body image stuff, this is just like a random throw in side story. Those of you that struggle with body image and you're wanting to get like started on loving your body and getting into that journey, um, remove the photos where you have idolized your body. Uh, this is something that took me a lot of self-love to do, but removing those pictures where you feel like this was my like 17 year old body. And now you're like 45 and feeling bad about yourself. Remove those photos or change them to ones where you're not looking at them in that way. Like maybe you have a trip that you took when you were a lot younger and that was a fun memory, but you idolize your body in that image move it to a picture of the landscape of the trip. Get rid of the photo that makes you feel bad about yourself because you're not currently there. Does like, I hope that that helps someone out there because I don't have all the answers. I am not a therapist, a psychologist. I am studying for it, but you know, I'm not currently there. Um, so don't supplement what I have to say about that for that. But just know that like, especially if that's something that really gets you down and gets you off track, remove those things. Um, you know, maybe you have photos of like an ex laying around, remove those things if they make you unhappy. And I'm not talking about like, uh, con con or Mori, Mori Kondo. Is that what it is? I couldn't think of the word. I'm not talking about doing all of that because sometimes we need to keep certain things out of necessity. You know, maybe we don't like the eight black shirts that we have and we'd like to buy new ones, but we're not in a place where we can do it. Hold on to the things that you need out of necessity. But if it's not something that you absolutely need, it's not certain. Serving you, it's not making you happy. 
take it out of your space. Uh, that has been transformational for me and clean up the space because that is going to help you have a more clear vision of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. I will always condone cleaning up the space before you even get started. And I know some people will stop right there because it can be really daunting to look at the room that you're going to be working in. And maybe there is eight mountains. It's not one mountain of stuff. It's eight. Um, you know, that can be really, really daunting. So take your time with this. It's not a one day project. This can take a few weeks if you need it to just a little bit at a time. And the third step I feel like is where most people want to get started is to make the plan. So yes, you might have that two manifest list. You've brain dumped, you've done all of that, but you haven't actually made a plan of how you're going to get, excuse me, of how you're going to get back on track. So when making a plan, I want you to actually write out goals. And I'm going to kind of explain to you something that I think was really important for me. Many people, instead of actually putting goals down for themselves, they are putting down wants. And there is a huge difference between goals and wants. Because goals are something that you can control the outcome of. Wants are something that are a little bit more like you might need a little luck on your side. You can put work towards it, but you're not in control of that thing happening, if that makes sense. Allow me to give you an example. Um, if you're watching the video rendition of this, Basically, I have my bullet journal here with me for 2021. And on one side of the page, I have goals. On one side of the page, I have wants listed. And for goals, something that is in my control to do, I have like hit my dream body goal in 2021. And it is my most important goal of 2021. It is the thing that I have been actively seeking the most. I've been doing the most transformation on over anything else in my life this year because it's the one that's the most important to me. Um, I also have a savings goal, which is something that is also in my control. Um, I have improving my own credit score, which also is something that is in my control. And I also have become a morning person that is more slow and mindful. And that is also something that I have the power to control. And then we come over to the want side of things. This is where I put goals like hitting a certain number on YouTube. Maybe I want a certain number of subscribers, right? Or I want to make a certain amount of money this year. I'm self-employed, so it's not necessarily in my control. I can have wants for the year, but those are not necessarily variables that are 110% in my control. I can't sit there over a bunch of people's shoulders and say, oh my goodness, you better subscribe to my channel so I can hit that number. Do you see what I'm saying? That's a want. It's not a goal. It's not something that I have the power to control doing. So basically, I'm telling you this not because I want to discourage you from going after your dreams and going after your wants in life. I think it's really important to have both. But if you can actually distinguish between the wants and the goals, you are actually able to achieve more in your life of the things you want. Because a goal, like I said, is something that is in your control. You have the ability to control how you treat your body. You have the ability to control how much money you are saving off of what you are earning. You have the ability to control, um, maybe instead of like, if you're a YouTuber, you want to reach a certain number and that's a want for your sub list, but something that would be a good goal that's in your control is, 
um, maybe being a certain level of consistency, you know, uploading to YouTube X amount of times per week for the year, um, or having a certain number of uploads that year. That's something you can control. Do you see what I'm saying? Because basically, if we basically leave everything up to chance, there's a higher there's a higher chance and variable that those things will not be attained because we feel out of control about it. But if we pick things that we're able to actually change physically ourselves, I feel like there's something about it, something about being able to make real change in combination with that like mystical variable of the things you can't control. I feel like when we're doing a little bit of both, that is like the sweet spot. That is how we get to the point where both things are being achieved at the same time. So just set yourself up for success in that way. Um, but while you're making this plan, so start there, distinguish the goals versus the wants. The only thing you have to ask yourself is, is this in my control? And if it's out of your control, it's a want. Um, and like I said, set both, but just keep that differentiation in mind. The next thing to start doing is actually looking at your routines. Well, technically you would first take a look at those goals and you would say, okay, what is it that I'm trying to achieve? And give yourself a small action step to start doing it. For myself, my body physical fitness is really important to me this year. It's the thing that I am highlighting above all else is honestly myself. This is like my selfish year. I've pretty well decided this year is my selfish year, both mentally and physically. And I am putting me before everything else. And so I've asked myself to give you an example, what can I start doing that will help me and working out and making more food conscious choices and really just taking the time to eat out less. I started with working out early in January. I started with working out 30 minutes, five days a week, which that was kind of a big one for somebody. Like if you don't work out, don't start that big, start so much smaller, do 20 minutes, three days a week, or even less potentially. Um, and build to that. Now I work out most weekdays, sometimes six days a week, usually at least five though, five days a week. And I go for an hour, five days a week, because that's what my body has built up to. And there are some days during the week where I'll only do 30 minutes because I really don't want to be there. Uh, you know, I feel like there's this weird thing in when we see people achieving their like fitness goals in particular, we think that they're going so hard for it. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, you do want to have that attitude. But there are days where I'm not motivated at all for my physical health. And the thing is, something that reading this book, Atomic Habits, which I will also link down below for you, everybody and their mom is reading this book right now. So good luck getting it. It might be sold out everywhere because everybody has talked about it. Um, but reading Atomic Habits by James Clear, something that this book really gave me in January when I read it was that we honestly set new habits and goals for ourselves backwards. We tend to think, okay, where I want to go is all the way over there and I'm all the way over here. And while we're crossing through that valley of despair, while we're crossing through that, like basically the parts where you feel unmotivated, you want to give up, you feel stuck. It, that's where you lose it. 
You know, there is no difference between someone that has achieved their goal and someone that hasn't. There really isn't. Both of those people had the same intention when they started out of getting their stuff back together, right? Both people had the same intention, the same level of willpower, the same desire. The only difference is, is that well, I feel like there's a few differences. One difference to me is that they got to that valley of despair and they gave up. And instead of the next day waking up and picking themselves back up and continuing to go, they lost it in the valley of despair. The person that achieves the goal, they go through that same valley of despair, but even when they fall, they get back up. And when, with doing this backwards, so there's like, there's one part of it, you know, we all are the same. We all start with that same level of motivation, but the second part to that is we do it backwards. We think that, ah, who I want to be is all the way over there. When in reality, Every day, if you can get yourself to start to embody that person over there that you want to be, that's where you have to start. And James Clear gives this amazing analogy in this book that really made it clear for me. And that is, think about people who are trying to quit smoking. Person, So take two people, two smokers that are trying to quit, right? When offered a cigarette, person A says, no, I'm trying not to smoke. Person B says, no, I'm not a smoker. That small, simple action is all it takes. So for me and my own physical health, the way that I kind of doctored this up, I guess, is that even on the days that I don't want to show up and work out to get into that total body health goal, the days that I don't want to show up and work out, I get on, well, you can't really see it. It's not in frame, but I have a recumbent bike that I purchased last year and um, I'll link it down below. I've talked about this before. I'm handicapped. So recumbent biking is like the best for me um, or like one of the best things since I can't get access to a pool right now. Um, if you're somebody that struggles with hip or knee dysplasia or joint problems, I can't diagnose everybody. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't diagnose anybody or claim to. But um, just as a side note, I will link my recumbent bike down below. It is such a fantastic bike. I can't can't recommend it enough if you're looking for one. It is definitely an investment, but it is a lot cheaper than a Peloton and a lot better for your joints than a Peloton if you are somebody that needs that, um, which I fully understand. So the way that I kind of did this for myself is that I, on the days that I don't want to be there, on the days that I don't want to show up, I tell myself, you have to get on that bike for at least five minutes because Guess what? Somebody that works out and cares about their body, they're getting on that bike for at least five minutes, I promise. And so I tell myself, no, you work out five days a week. And most days I get the full hour and I feel real good about it. But when I hit that valley of despair, when I don't want to be there, I get on that bike for at least five minutes because what I'm doing is I'm rewiring my brain for success because our brain actually does create neural pathways. When we have habits that don't support the person we want to become, it's because we've already ingrained a habit that doesn't support us. And when you're making new habits, it's hard. Your brain is like, no, no, this is the pathway we've always been on. This is the pathway we want to keep going on. It takes hard work to get into that new pathway. And there are going to be days where you mess up. There are going to be days where it doesn't always work out for you. 
And that's okay. The important part is that the next day you get up and you keep going. Even if it's small, even if it's the smallest thing that you can think of, five minutes, do the five minutes. This is the same for meditating daily. This is the same for even when it comes to savings, you have to just tell yourself, I'm a saver. And even if you're only putting $2 away at a time, that's fine. It's not about the grandiose. I think a lot of people get stuck there. They think they have to make these big, huge, large marge moves and you don't. You can start with the smallest thing to becoming that version of yourself. And that to me is really how you start getting yourself back on track is becoming the version of yourself that is on track to where you want to be, even if it's small. You know, I don't think even inherently myself, do you know how many years, even though I have spent eight years on YouTube, I didn't call myself a YouTuber until like year seven. And that was after getting invited to like big events with big gaming companies and like, you know, flying across the country and like doing all this stuff in my career. I didn't call myself that because I didn't feel like it. I felt like an imposter. And that goes into a whole nother story that we're not going to talk about today, which is imposter syndrome. But just getting up and doing something towards that every day. And when you interact with people, it's not lying. It's not, you know, me saying, I am physically active, even if I've only gotten up five days out of the week and worked out five hours or five hours, five minutes of those, that still doesn't like, that still is part of it. I still am physically active if I'm doing that. Do you see what I'm saying? I think people also get caught up in like, but I'm lying about my identity. No, you're not. So tell yourself that you are, become it. And whenever you get tripped up, ask yourself, you know, maybe you want to become a runner. What would the what would a runner if I was a runner how what would they do would they get out there and hit the pavement or would they stay in here on the couch or if you want to become you know a um a famous YouTuber would the famous YouTuber take all of those comments of people that are being rude and like shitting on the stuff that you make and decide never to pick up the camera again No, they would ignore those voices, get back out there and keep being their authentic selves and doing what they do best. That's really my main point to this is to come up with a plan and just go for it. Know that you are. Nobody can stop you from being who you want to be. So come up with a system that works. I feel like that's another episode for another time coming up with a system that works for you. Like I said, I have so many systems of keeping my ish together. I have a whiteboard system, a bullet journal system, and a planner system, and all of them kind of interlock with each other to keep me with the ball rolling and doing what I got to do to be the best version of myself that I can be. And just be gentle on yourself. If you fall into that valley of despair, know that it's normal. It's part of the process. Even when we talk about like addictive habits and being addicted to to a bad habit or addicted to something, relapse is part of recovery. That's something I recently learned from a good friend of mine. Relapse is part of recovery. And I think that that really applies in this situation as well. You know, becoming that couch potato version of you, it is expected. Your brain is used to that. So be gentle with yourself and just know that making one different choice the next day or even the same day at any point in time, the new year, a new month, a new week doesn't matter. You can literally have just done something that totally contradicts what you want to do. And right now, 
recommit to yourself. I love you so much. I hope this helps and it allowed you the strength to get up, to keep going and to know that you have the ability to get your ish together. I don't even like saying like getting your ish, like unless you are getting your shit together for yourself and not because somebody else told you to do it. That's like the only way I will respect it because you also got to do it for you. But I hope this helps you on that path. I hope I gave you some motivation to get out of that valley of despair and to know that you're capable because you are. And I love you so much. And please do not forget to follow me on Instagram, on TikTok. I'm at Chloe Taylor on Twitch, where I'm hoping this week we may be doing a card unboxing. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not fully set up for it yet, but I do have some new decks coming in. So it might be happening this week. So make sure you're following my Twitch channel with notifications on. Um, and also, most of you that watch my videos are not subscribed to the channel. So please hit that subscribe button so you also know about things as they come in. I put out new content all the time. Check out the podcast. There are two podcast exclusives every single month and two video formats of it. So you miss a lot of content if you're not also following the podcast. Links for everything are down below and uh, I will speak to you all again soon. Please remember when you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I love you so much, my pumpkins, and I will speak to you again on Friday. Bye.